welcome to the East of Sports Talk podcast. Today we are joined by Eric Kane of Vol Report. Eric, how are you today? Hey guys, I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Um, so we'll get right into it. I uh, wanted to hear your thoughts on, you know, Tennessee's hire and what you really thought about everything concerning that. Yeah, so uh, it's been a wild ride here, really, this this entire year, this entire football season. And, you know, from December the 19th, when Tennessee wrapped up things against Texas A&M up until about a week and a half ago, it's it's been this will-they-won't-they-fire Jeremy Pruitt, of course, a 3-7 and seven record. Uh, but then the um, – but, of course, the internal investigation and all that. And ultimately, when it was all said and done and considering where the program was, everybody that said no um, – I think Josh Heupel's a fine hire. Um, you know, you're always going to take a chance on someone that is an unproven Power Five head football coach, um, but you got to start somewhere. And Josh Heupel has a history of developing quarterbacks. He's coached in the SEC. He's called plays in the SEC. His offense has been exciting to watch at UCF the last couple of years. And um, again, I think all things considered, this was a pretty good hire for Tennessee. It was. You know, athletic director Danny White tried to go out and make a big splash. I mean, he really did try, but ultimately he went back back down to his old stomping grounds and uh, hired a coach that he hired three years ago and brought him up here to Knoxville. Do you uh, – I mean, obviously the chemistry between the two will be a very good thing as far as it, the sanctions that they're going to have or the possibility of how bad the sanctions could be. It could really help to have a guy who's, you know, on the same page as White since he's been with him for so long at UCF. And, um, I mean, you look at White's hirings. I mean, he's made some pretty big hires, you know, throughout his career. And you read about, you know, Tony Elliott and these guys being interested. But, I mean, I think ultimately Tennessee made the right decision getting a guy – Maybe, like you said, who doesn't have the Power Five quite experience head coaching, but he's got a lot of experience on some good staffs at some good schools. Yeah, Danny White has always made um, the out of the box type of hire. You know, he went up and you know Lance Lepoy was a national championship winning Division three football coach, a very good one. And he hired him at Buffalo, which no one saw coming. And, and you know, he's been a two-time coach of the year up there in that conference, and so that's been good. Hired Scott Frost. Hired Josh Heupel to replace Scott Frost. Uh, hired Nate Oates uh, on the on the basketball court. Um, so he's made he's made some some really really solid hires. And I guess you could call this one an outside the box hire as well because you didn't think he was going to go and just poach his own coach down at UCF, but. You know, Danny White even said that he didn't try to do that. He wanted to stay away from from Orlando because he loves that place. And but he's gone down there and gutted it pretty much, hiring the head football coach. He was hiring the entire offensive staff, and uh, Danny White's also bringing a bunch of his administrators along there with him. But nonetheless, um, those two guys have great chemistry. Obviously, Danny White hired him three years ago, and they've worked together. And Danny White would not have hired him again if if that relationship was sour. Um, and so I do think that there is something there to the comfortability, uh, the chemistry, if you will, because things are going to get rocky here on Rocky Top again. I mean, I know it's it's been pretty rocky here for the last decade or so and uh, the last year for sure. But nonetheless, I mean, you've got the NCAA, once this internal investigation wraps up, which it should be nearing its completion, and when the NCAA is done with its investigation, 
Tennessee is going to have a, around 50 violations that it broke, and some are level one, which are the most severe. Some are level two. Some are level three. The NCAA is likely going to sanction Tennessee with um, – I think it's going to be more than probation. I think that you're looking at some loss of scholarships maybe in the next recruiting cycle, maybe a year, maybe two years of a, of a bowl ban, whatever the case may be. There's going to be some adversity there, and I think it's important that – uh, you have a, a coach and an athletic director who are on the same page for sure to kind of navigate through those waters. Right. And then that kind of brings us into our next topic as far as sanctions and everything with recruiting. I mean, Tennessee wrapped up Wednesday, you know, with the 16th ranked class. And I've been reading a lot where they've pulled some some scholarships for some, you know, pretty good players who have been longtime Tennessee commitments. And it's kind of, in my opinion, bold for a new coach to come in and pull scholarships from guys who seem to be able to maybe bring in, you know, some really good talent who could help him day one. But ultimately, that's his decision. What were your thoughts on, you know, Tennessee's recruiting class? Yeah, so I'll start with the class overall, then I'll get into Rock Taylor, who's the the player you're referring to this past week. Um Kind of like the head coaching hire, and I know I sound like a broken record right now, and I'm, I'm really not trying to pump sunshine at all because <laughs> I just call it how I see it. Um, all things considered, I think this recruiting class is okay. And, again, I, I blogged about this at, uh, at 991thesportsanimal.com earlier in the week. You know, whether you follow recruiting, whether you are, <clears throat> excuse me, a fan of the early national signing period or a traditional signing day fan, whatever the case may be, Tennessee fans should be very thankful for the early signing period because – Jeremy Pruitt and his staff inked up 19 players back in December. Two of those players who are very good players have expressed interest in trying to get out of their national letter of intent. You can't blame them. I mean, they signed on to play for Jeremy Pruitt and, um, and now he's gone. And so like you, you get it, but again, that's a process that is very dicey and it's, I mean, it's tough. It's like signing a contract. I mean, you've got to get really technical in order to find a way out of it. And so we'll have to see how, uh, those two players, Cody Brown and Dylan Brooks, how they navigate these waters if they want to get out of their national letters of intent, like they've expressed on social media. But nonetheless, Tennessee signed 19 players in the early signing period. <clears throat> it's really difficult to, to get out of those. And, you know, some of those players, 10 of those players are already enrolled here on campus. And so Josh Heupel didn't have to do really much of anything, but just kind of, you know, add a few more guys. And so he brought in a junior college transfer and, and um, Jeremiah Crawford, who should be able to provide some depth immediately. Um, he brought in a Power 5 kicker in Chase McGrath from USC who's has three years of kicking experience, and so he did a nice job there. Um, it, there's still a couple more spots left in this class to where he'll likely add some more through the transfer portal, whether it be after spring practice, whether it be in the summer. He'll, he'll, he'll finish this class at 25 for sure. I think, the, I think the listing right now is about 23, but we'll have to see. But overall, I think this recruiting class sticking together Despite a three and seven season, despite all the coaching turnovers, despite everything going on, to finish top twenty in the country and six in the SEC, um, it's pretty good. Pretty good. There's a lot of talent in this class. I talk to a lot of these guys all the time with my work contributing for VolQuest, the Tennessee rival site. Uh, good kids, and so I've enjoyed I've enjoyed their stories. And so I think that uh, overall, it's a pretty good class. At your second point on Rock Taylor, and I'll make this quick. I know I'm talking a lot, but uh, Rock Taylor was a four star wide receiver slash tight end out of uh, Oxford down there in Alabama. And he's been a long-time commit to this class, committed to Jeremy Pruitt. And he stayed committed when Pruitt was 
He did not sign in December. Stayed committed to Tennessee whenever Pruitt was fired, and then was asked to uh, to go in a different direction on the eve of uh, National Signing Day. Uh, it's this is why a lot of people don't like recruiting because this is not the first time this stuff has happened. This happens all over the country and pretty much every program. Um, a lot of times when you say when you see commitments decommitting a couple of days before the signing signing day. Um, that's typically because the coaching staff said, Hey, we like you, but we're not going to have a spot for you. We're going to rescind our, we're going to rescind our offer, but you can say that you decommitted to, to make it look better. And so this happens everywhere. This happens in Alabama. This happens at Southern Cal. This happens, uh, at Carson Newman sometimes it, it, it literally happens everywhere. And so, um, and plus Josh Heupel didn't recruit this kid. Um, it's still, I mean, it's still, it still sucks for him. I mean, it's, 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 you feel bad for the player. You feel bad for the player's family. He obviously wanted to be at Tennessee, but Josh Heupel didn't recruit him. And um, it's kind of hard for me to sit here and point the finger at Josh Heupel when really he had nothing to do with it. So it's unfortunate. Typically, those things don't become public like that. Um, I think his, I think Rock Taylor's high school coach did no favors for himself. I understand sticking up for your player, but uh, saying that the University of Tennessee is not welcome on your campus anymore, that's, that, that's a little comedic because uh, you're going to sit here and you know, disallow one of your players to go play for an SEC program. That's funny. But nonetheless, it's unfortunate, but this happens more so than not. It's just kind of uh, the name of the game in recruiting. You have coaches that uh, can pull offers and and stuff like that, just like you have commitments who can commit, decommit, and kind of flirt with fan base. It's just, uh, just kind of part of it. Right, and that kind of brings us <clears throat> into our next <clears throat> really topic. Um quarterback situation I mean with Harrison Bailey and obviously bringing in Caden Salter and then adding Hendon Hooker from the you know from the transfer portal I mean what have you heard and you know I mean obviously before spring practice I mean Hypo hasn't had really a chance to see what these guys can really do but uh what are your thoughts on Tennessee's quarterback situation yeah, Josh Heupel has no clue what these guys can do because, I mean, every single quarterback on campus right now is not his. I mean, even Hendon Hooker transferred in to play for Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, it's a really bizarre situation. But uh, nonetheless, you know, Harrison Bailey got a lot of PT there towards the end of the season. And, yeah, he looked good in spots. He looked really poised. That's what I was impressed by him. But, you know, he's got a lot of lot, lot, lot of room to make up for sure. He's still young, and he will. Hendon Hooker is – Played in big time games. He's won a lot of games. He's played in the ACC. Um, he's been there, done that. He's got the athletic ability that you like to see uh, in kind of a dual threat guy. But he's got a strong arm as well, so it'll be interesting. Um, Caden Salter, I'm really excited to see him. On okay. he's been the glue, by the way, to this entire 2021 recruiting class. When Tennessee was going through its six game losing streak, when Tennessee was firing an assistant coach after only four games, when Tennessee lost Jeremy Pruitt and ended up firing him. You know, Caden Salter's kind of been the glue that has held this entire class together. You can tell he's a leader from day one, and he's got so much athletic ability. I'm really excited to see him play. I don't think it's going to be just flip of the switch and seamless transition. I think that he's going to have to go through some growing pains and probably wait his turn. But in the end, I think he'll be a good player at Tennessee, so I'm excited to see his story unfold. And I think he's a nice fit in this offense as well. Brian Maurer was recruited by Josh Heupel. At UCF, Brian Mauer almost went stayed home. He's from that area down there and near the near Orlando, and uh, so Brian Mauer almost went to UCF to play for Josh Heupel initially. And so, honestly, I think this is going to be a complete open race in spring and fall camp. It's going to be a complete 
quarterback competition. I would give the edge probably to Hendon Hooker right now because he's older, he's more experienced, but I think Harrison Bailey will be right there. Um, I expect those two guys to duke it out to see who uh, gets the nod, and, and, and really all four of those guys. So you know, we'll have to see. I certainly haven't heard anything. I can tell you this. Last spring, they before spring practice got shut down two days in because of COVID, and be, and um, they, they planned on having a, a full-fledged quarterback competition. I mean, Jared Garantano was going to be the presumed starter, but they were going to duke it out. They were going to they were going to try to see exactly who is the best quarterback to see if anyone could desit or dethrone Jared Garantano. And obviously, COVID kind of washed those plans out of the water. And fall camp was a little bit different this year, so it made sense to stick with Garantano to start the season. But I think that's going to be kind of what you're seeing here this spring. So I'll be intrigued to see how Harrison Bailey adapts to this offense, how Hendon Hooker adapts to this offense, and see if Brian Mauer uh, excels and how Caden Salter looks like. Well, and I kind of agree with you with Hooker because ultimately it's easiest to throw into a new offense the best athlete because usually the best athlete can make the most plays when stuff breaks down. Uh, they He can make, you know, move off, you know, on the run and he can get out and get you six or seven yards, you know, pretty easily with his feet. But, I mean, the I think the ultimate – question with Harrison Bailey is going to be arm strength in that offense I mean you watch Dylan Gabriel at UCF and he's just a gunslinger I mean he you know drops back and just you know slings it all over the field so um, that'll be you know like you said interesting to see how he adapts to the quarterback to the to the new offense yeah, for sure. Harrison Bailey struggled with the deep ball. Now, he didn't get many, many chances to throw the deep ball because he only played a lot the last couple of games of the season. But he struggled with that deep ball. Uh, he and uh, Valus Jones missed on on a couple. Um, he and <clears throat> excuse me, Josh Palmer missed on a couple. Um, well, again, I thought Harrison Bailey was, was poised. I thought that he tucked it and ran a, a couple of times. I thought he was good in the intermediate to short passing game. But that arm strength is kind of a – Kind of a key there, so we'll, we'll have to see exactly how he adapts. Um, you know, Caden Salter. I, I I don't think that he has the the best arm. You know, of any, of any quarterback, obviously coming out of the the class of twenty twenty one. But I think he's smart. I think he's athletic. I think he has a good enough arm, and I think he's just an athlete to go out there and just make plays. And I, I don't mean that he's gonna, you know, just straight run it every time, but he can extend plays with his with his legs for sure. And so. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how these guys adapt. And Josh Heupel, again, as I pointed out earlier, he has a track record for developing quarterbacks. You know, McKenzie, uh, Gabriel, a couple of quarterbacks down there in Orlando, Drew Locke in Missouri, Sam Bradford, and uh, some guys at Oklahoma, uh, Landry Jones. I mean, the list goes on and on about the quarterbacks that he has had his hand in developing and seeing where they are now. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I don't think Tennessee's really had a good quarterbacks coach the last couple of years in, in, Chris Winkie and uh, you know Tyson Helton and uh, I think you're getting an upgrade at that at that position as far as a coach and you saw all of Tennessee's struggles offensively started at the quarterback position last year and so you you improve that and we'll see we'll see how good this offense can can turn into. Well, and it helps to be a really good quarterback yourself because I mean Heupel was a you know a really great quarterback at Oklahoma. I mean the only thing that he didn't win was the Heisman Trophy. So, I mean, that definitely helps, you know, having that input from a guy who's played, you know, at that high of a level at quarterback. Um, so I was also going to ask you, you know, the transfer portal. 
I mean, I know that's this has been a kind of a staple for Heupel trying to keep the guys who are in the transfer portal right now. Obviously, he got Darnell Wright to stay, or somebody got Darnell Wright to stay, uh, you know, from transferring out. I know he lost, you know, Wanya Morris and Eric Gray, which were big offensive contributors. Um, what do you do? You, what have you heard, and what do you think will, you know, happen as far as the guys who are in the transfer portal from Tennessee and from other places? Yeah, so you know, a lot of these guys, and keep in mind too, this is just a weird era of football um, because of the coronavirus. You're getting an extra year of eligibility. These seniors that Tennessee was never going to be counting on coming back in 2021, the Ty Chandlers, the DeAndre Johnsons, the Garantanos, the um, the Austin Popes at one time, um, you know, all those guys, Tennessee was not counting on them to come back and to be, to be Brent Samaglia to be factors in 2021 because they were seniors. But because of this extra year of eligibility, they now have the opportunity to play one more year. And it just looks really bad when they want to leave. And, and so I'm not trying to diminish it because obviously you're better off with those players on your roster. But, you know, they graduated, they have their degree, and they want to go off to a better situation. You can't really blame them. Um, Austin Pope decided to come back. Sean Schamberger decided to, to take his name out of the transfer portal, come back. Wanya Morris, Keyshawn Lawrence, Eric Gray, they're, they're all sold. They're gone to, they're gone to Norman. Um, and, uh, you know, Wanya Morris, I think it could have been a really, really, really good offensive tackle here. I think Eric Gray could have thrived in this offense. And, and Key Lawrence, um, you know, I thought he should have been on the field a lot more than what he was as a true freshman. So those three are – it's not good. And they're all going to Knox West, or I, I like to call Norman, Oklahoma now. So they're gone. Um, Jameer Johnson, I feel like he's been in college forever. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt brought him over in his first recruiting class as head coach back in twenty December of 2017. <laughs> um Jameer Johnson is in the transfer portal and he is considering coming back, but it's it's a little unclear exactly what he's going to do. I know he wants to make he wants to play another year. Colveris Crouch and Henry Twelto. These are interesting. So both those guys are in the transfer portal. Both uh both of those guys are enrolled at classes uh, at Tennessee, but here's the difference. Colveris Crouch is on campus taking classes and going through team workouts and team activities with Josh Heupel and the Tennessee football team. He's still in the transfer portal, but he's going about his daily business as normal. Henry Twiltuo is still on the West Coast in California, taking online classes, and he remains in the transfer portal. I think it's a good sign that you see Q still going through and get, kind of giving this team a chance. It's believed that Carreras Crouch is going to do spring practice and give this coaching staff a chance, but and then maybe evaluate after spring practice. I think that's a good sign. Certainly for Q, because Henry T is not not doing that right now. He's not bonding with his teammates. He's not getting the firsthand, you know, look at this new coaching staff. And so it'll be interesting. Um, if I had to handicap it right now, I would say maybe, I mean, I don't know anything for certain, but maybe sixty percent Coveras Crouch come back, forty percent Henry Henry T comes back. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. But uh, I think Josh Heupel in Tennessee needs to go ahead and kind of focus on not having any of those guys. And then maybe if you do, then it's a, a pleasant surprise. Nonetheless, you know, Tennessee's linebacking corps, all four that started game one of 2020, all gone. And that unit was not great to begin with this year. So uh, Tennessee's going to have to replace a lot at linebacker in 2021. Uh, you know, and that's if all those guys don't come back. You know, even if Corvairs Crouch comes back and you're still missing three, got a lot to replace. 
Well, right. And I mean, you know that Toto probably was their best linebacker. I mean, and he, it seemed like, I mean, he kind of made a reach to come to Tennessee from California to start. So, I mean, this could be, in a way, his way to go back out west to play near his family, near everything, um, as far as with the transfer portal. But, I mean, we won't know. I mean, he will be – I think – it doesn't seem like he's in too big of a rush to make a decision. If um, So, I mean, that could be good for Tennessee, but that could also mean that they're already out of it and they don't really have a chance. Yeah, I'll say this too. It's kind of it's kind of tough too because all these players have to be in school to be eligible. And when Jeremy Pruitt was fired, it was the Monday before classes started on Wednesday. And I mean, you know, it's it's kind of kind of bad timing. Um, so you've got to be enrolled in classes to be eligible for next year. And so that's why I think that you're seeing the Henry T's and the Corvairs Crouch at least enrolled here. Doesn't mean they're going to stay. Um, so we'll have to see. Um. But yeah, Henry Toto was was definitely Tennessee's best linebacker, um, probably Tennessee's best defensive player. I mean, he was starting as a true freshman, came on, really benefited from having Daniel Batuli there next to him. Uh, he was a Pruitt guy. Those two had a strong relationship. That's why he came all the way for, from California to play for Pruitt here in Knoxville. Henry T likes Knoxville. He lo- he loves the environment here, but um, ultimately with everything going on, you really can't blame him for looking elsewhere. But nonetheless, we'll see what happens. Um, I just hope, and I, I tweeted this whenever he put his name in the portal, whether it's at Tennessee or somewhere else, likely somewhere else, I mean, I just hope that he gets some good coaching because Henry T was so good as a freshman, and he was probably just as good this year, but you don't want that. I mean, you you want to you want to improve every single year. I, I didn't think that he got good coaching this year at inside linebackers, and so I hope he gets some good coaching and develops into what I hope will be you know, a day one or day two draft pick here in a couple of years. Right. And I got one more question for you and then I'll let you go. Okay. Um, your thoughts on Kevin Steele. I mean, he's, you know, been at Auburn. I mean, he's coached a lot of good defenses. I mean, what are your, what are your initial thoughts on Kevin Steele? Well, uh, I, um, I've been asked about, you know, where should Hypel go in terms of making a defensive coordinator higher and, I've always described he needs a guy like this. He needs a guy like this. And when it's all said and done, I'm describing Kevin Steele, and I'm not even realizing it. I mean, you need a veteran play caller in the SEC. You need you need someone that's been experienced in the SEC. You need someone that knows the recruiting footprint in the SEC. You need someone that's had experience before in the SEC. You know, Kevin Steele, check, 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 check. And I, Tennessee's administration is such a – so, so it's such a mess. So many that you sign him to a two-year deal, paying him nine hundred thousand uh, dollars to come on as a defensive assistant when you're in the middle of an internal investigation where your head coach might be fired. Not only that, your athletic director then steps down. Makes no sense to me. So Kevin Steele's in a rock and a hard in between a rock and a hard place right now because Tennessee doesn't want to let him go because you're paying him all this money, but Josh Heupel doesn't have to retain him because he, Josh Heupel didn't bring him in. And so it's just a bizarre situation like the one with T Martin too, where Philip former apparent allegedly uh, verbally agreed to make him sign a two-year deal. I, Tennessee's always been about politics and it, it, and that's why Tennessee struggled so much the last 15 years. I mean, you don't need to be doing that. The athletic director doesn't need to be making hires. It needs to be your head coach. And so anyway, I'll get on that. <laughs> I don't want to get off on that tangent, but uh, Kevin Steele, I, if I had a vote for who should be Tennessee's defensive coordinator, should be Kevin Steele, 10 out of 10. 
Do I think it's going to happen? At this point, I don't because if Josh Heupel, they, they've talked many, many times. If Josh Heupel was going to hire Kevin Steele to be his defensive coordinator, I feel like it would have been announced weeks ago. Yet here yeah, we are. Right, right when he got hired. Exactly. Right he got hired. We're yeah. Gonna, we're going to keep this guy. We're going to let him do, go out his contract. And if he wants to stay, he can stay. If not, we'll find a hire in two years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, you know, we'll have to see. Uh, Kevin Steele is a guy that I want on my staff, but uh, we'll have to see exactly who uh, Josh Heupel uh, ends up with. There's been some reports, Football Scoop reported. I know Valquest has reported a couple of times, some names here and there, and some people that have had interest but ultimately decided to pass on it. Maybe kind of like the head coaching search, maybe so many people will pass on it that they'll just promote Kevin Steele. Who knows? But if Tennessee ends up with Kevin Steele as your defensive coordinator, in my opinion, that's two thumbs up. You could be doing a whole lot worse. Right, and I've seen Arnett from Mississippi State. But, I mean, he didn't even leave to go to Texas. Yeah. I mean, you look at Texas's situation compared to Tennessee's situation, you would think you would rather be at Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, just in the grand scheme of things, as a defense coordinator, they probably are going to offer you more money. They are in a lot better situation, not under NCAA investigation. But, I mean, that's not saying that he won't, you know, you know, make a jump to Tennessee. But you don't – I mean, nobody really knows, I guess. I mean, it's all, you know, all stipulation until he makes a, you know, a final decision. Yeah, for sure. And you hope – he uh, Josh Heupel kind of teased it on a uh, an ESPN radio interview he did on Thursday, I believe, that, you know, by Monday they should be about final. And so for all of us beat reporters and – people who host radio shows and host podcasts and have to write a couple stories a week. And we're just kind of hoping for all that to be official. You hope that it will be by Monday and uh, that Tennessee can kind of, you know, start taking that next step into the off season kind of towards spring practice. So I think the DC hire is going to be a big one. Um, Regardless, I think that uh, Josh Heupel's pretty content on having his UCF staff kind of be his offensive personnel. And then that makes sense because Josh Heupel is going to be calling plays anyway. So uh, we will have to see. Um, all said and done, grand scheme of things, uh, didn't work out with Jeremy Pruitt. I think Jeremy Pruitt is an excellent, excellent, excellent football coach in terms of knowing the game, teaching the game. I uh, don't think that, at least so far, I mean, you know, who knows Who knows for the future what the future holds for him. But I think as far as being a head coach, it might not just be for him. But uh, Josh Heupel, pretty decent hire for Tennessee, all things considered. I think Vol fans will kind of grow to like him. Right. All right. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for, uh, you know, spending 25 minutes with me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime, man. Uh, Let me know whenever you want me to come back on. I'll be happy to. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.